Well, hello, church family. Uh, we are reaching, well, actually, happy Friday. This is our last s portion as we study through Exodus chapter 19. Um, if you remember, this is the chapter right before they were going to go up to the mountain, or they were really on the bottom of the mountain, um, and before they got the, get the Ten Commandments. And God instructs Moses and Aaron on what they need to do in order to um, uh, instruct the people of Israel. They, he tells them, God tells Moses to go up to hear what God's word has to say, and then goes down to instruct the people. He goes back up and down, and, and this whole movement is, is designed to really show that God is holy. And that's what we talk about on Wednesday, that God is a med uh, um, because God is so holy, there needs to be mediation. Uh, there needs to be a medi mediator between God and man, because man is sinful, man is, man is wicked, uh, but God has uniquely ordained, in this case Moses and Aaron and the Levitical priesthood, to be that mediation between uh, sinful man and a holy God. A mediator is someone that's supposed to represent and be in like the middle. Uh, they're supposed to represent uh, both sides. Um, they will represent one to the other. That's what's going on here. Moses was to represent God to man and, and also man to God. He gives um, God, God gives them instructions, and he goes and tells people this, his instruction, and then um, they go back and whatever offerings or whatever they need to do, that's what the meter is supposed to do. He, he's that bridge, uh, in, in a way, between God and man. And we talked about how the holiness of God is actually why uh, Denise's uh, mediation, because um, God is so unique and distinct, and man is common, uh, God, man is sinful, and there's no way that God can dwell with, uh, with humanity in the way that um, to have any lasting um, relationship because of their sin. Which leads to our second, third point today is that because of God's holiness, there's separation, that there's a natural separation from us. Um, we see this in chapter uh, 19, verse 7 and 18, how there was a, a thick cloud. Right? Verse 9, Yahweh said to most people, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe <coughs> in you forever. And Moses told the words to the people. Um, so there's this distance between one or the other. There's distance between God and man. Um, and even and God tells them to be ready, to be uh, to be prepared. Um, and there's a, be there's will be this cleansing ritual. Um, and they're not even supposed to uh, touch the mountain um, if they are still you know unclean because they will die. That and this natural separation comes because uh, God again is holy. He is pure. And man is common, and he, they are uh, wicked, and they're filled with sin. And God does not dwell with sinners. Uh, again, this is all of this is happening before the temple was made. Uh, but they understood that there's no way that you can get close to God because of their own sin. That sin separates us. Uh, they, uh, they can hear God uh, at times, uh, but they, will, they can never be close to God. Uh, they're instructed to, to be cleansed, and they can't walk in, and it's because their sin corrupts them. And again, what's interesting is that I mentioned that even animals, although they haven't committed the sins that we might commit, but they're still corrupted. Romans 8 tells us that corruption, I mean, creation is corrupted and is, is yearning for redemption so that things will be free from the bondage of sin. And even animals, if they were trying to go up this mountain, they would die as well. God instructs them uh, to be... Uh, God instructs them to, to be a certain way, and they're called to be that way. Um, and they're, they're not allowed to trespass, because if they do, they will die. And the separation, obviously, we know from the scriptures that is, um, 
done away with by Christ. Christ is that perfect mediator. There was that separation. Um, Christ mediates for us and that he, he represents God perfectly to man and that he represents man perfectly to God. Um, he clothes us with his righteousness. Uh, and, and we were separated, but because of Christ, we're no longer that way. We're united with him. And that means that when we are, we're, first we're separated because of our sin and, and that's, and the result of our salvation must align our lives um, to his word and character. Um, just like we are called, this is like sin separated us, the moment we're saved, we're separated from sin. Uh, there should be a natural separation between what, how we used to live and the way that we live now. Um, we're called to be separate and holy, just like our God is separate and holy and distinct. He is unique and that's what we need to be in our life. Again, and that's, this is really a call for us when we think about our lives, that we were separated, we were brought close, and we should, have, we should love God more because of it. And that love for the Lord should cause us to live differently, that we should be separated from the world. There's too, it's too often nowadays that we try to win the world by being like the world, not realizing that that's actually compromised and that makes the gospel weak, makes their testimony weak. But we have to remember that we need to be separated. That's why the Bible tells us and, and instructs us to live a certain way that's different. We're called to live in a manner worthy of the gospel because God is distinct. Our God is different from other gods and our lifestyle must be different from people in the world as well. We are like God in that way. That when we're, we're made anew, we have a new birth, we're separated from the world the way that God is separated from the world. Not only that, uh, that the holiness of God means that we need a mediator and that we are separated, but we're also condemned. Um, the, verse 18 to 25, God instructs them, like, okay, you need to, um, you know, he comes down from a, a, as, a, as a pillar of smoke, and then the, the mountain quakes, and there's thunder, and then he, they hear this loud voice, Moses goes up, he tells them, he warns them that they are not to break uh, or, or uh, break this, uh, you know, go past a certain point, otherwise they will die. Um, only certain people can go because God uh, gives them a special, unique privilege and opportunity to do so. But if they break this, then they will uh, perish, that God will break through uh, and destroy them. Uh, if they try to go through, that God will destroy them. Uh, many will perish and you can't get close to God because of sin. There's, and that means that all of us are naturally, and even here in the context of Israel, they were all, because of their sin, are already condemned. Only holy people perfect, like God, can enter into, into with God, and no one is, is able to do that. Um, so that's why there's this warning that if they try, if they try to go uh, close to Him, that they will be killed. Um, and we know that our natural disposition is sin, which means that we are born condemned. The Bible tells us, it's clear that we're born with a sinful nature, and that means that we're all born um, uh, broken. We're all also born separated from Him, we're born condemned. Um, if you even just think about your own life, just think about one sin. Let's say it's just stealing. You let's say let's say you lived every lived generally a perfect life except for one area of sin. Uh, let's say you stole something. You like you 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 speak honestly. Uh, you don't struggle with lust. You have no temper problem. But for, for some reason, you just decide to steal one thing. That one sin is enough of a reason for Jesus needing to come into the world as a perfect man and perfect God to die for your sins. Or sin, in this case, if it's only one sin, because every little sin and that small little sin that you think doesn't matter is enough to condemn you. All of us are condemned because God sees us. He knows He's the standard of righteousness. He's the standard of holiness. And when we violate just even one of the, His commandments, uh, we break, and we've broken all of them. 
in James, it actually says, it says uh, something similar where it says that the law is, is, is like perfect and if we break just one law, uh, we're con we are, um, uh, here, James chapter 2 verse 10, whoever keeps the whole law but has stumbled in one point <coughs> has become guilty of all law, all of them, uh, guilty of all. So this idea is like, if, if, the, if you were to visualize just a glass, like it was just a glass, um, you know, in your kitchen or something, Violating one law would be like just throwing one stone through it. Once you hit that glass and it breaks, everything is destroyed. And that's the same thing that it is with our sin in, in the standard of, of perfection. Uh, if the glass was perfection, one sin could just destroy all of it. It is as if we've broken every single law. And that's what makes us condemned. All of us are condemned. And the reason why the Moses, and the, uh, well, Moses was uniquely called to do that, but then the people were not allowed to go close to him because they were all condemned. That if God struck them down, it's because of their sin. Now we understand that Jesus actually solves all three, right? He's the mediator. Uh, he mediates between us and God. We were separated, but we're brought close to him because of what Christ has done. And uh, we were condemned, but we are no longer that way because Jesus solves all three of them. He paid, He was condemned on our behalf. He died on, in our place so that we can be made right with him, uh, with God. Uh, Jesus solves all three, and therefore we can go to God. That's why we can go to him in prayer, why, why we don't need we're no longer separated anymore. We, we're united with the Lord, and therefore He hears our prayers. Um, we can. Uh, we don't need a mediator anymore. We don't need a priestly mediator anymore because we have Jesus. Jesus becomes a perfect mediator for us, and we're no longer condemned because Jesus uh, washed away all of our sins by the by the by by His own blood. And this again should cause us all to be unique and to be a kingdom of priests. If you notice, just jumping back from Exodus 19, verse 6, it says that you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This reference is actually in 1 Peter 2, 5. For, uh, Peter cites this, that, um, you know, 1 Peter, these are people that are being persecuted, and Peter instructs them to live a distinct life, and he uses this verse as a way to reference that, and that, like, if you were to, uh, that if, if we were chosen by God to be his holy nation, that we're supposed to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Um, we belong to him in the, in the in, and in Second Peter. He gives all these instructions, you know, abstain from fleshly lust, we'll wage war against the soul, keep your behavior excellent among, among the Gentile, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evil do, that may because of your good works, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. And it talks about submitting to government. It talks about uh, if you're working, you submit to your, your masters, your, your boss. All of these things, if we're faithful to, will make us distinct in the world. And I trust that if you are faithful, it doesn't matter um, how, how messed up the world is around you because you'll be in light and you'll draw people to him. Now there is also a warning then that means that if we are not holy like the way that God is holy, if we don't live like the way of the Lord, then we lose our effectiveness in this world. I think the biggest danger in our time now, in this particular day and age, is that we live like the world. We respond to the things, uh, situations going in the world like the world, whether it's some sort of social issue, whether it's because of this pandemic, whatever it may be, how Christians react to some of these things make us look like there's no difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. We need to be above that. We need to be better. We need to live in a such a way with this excellent behavior and we do good for to others, even if they're rude to us, even if they're, they're mean to us, even if they sin against us, we're called to live in such a way that's different because that's what we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be a, a kingdom of priests. We're supposed to be like a holy nation. 
And that's what God, God wanted Israel to be. And that's also that, that idea of holiness is, still continues on to the New Testament, that we are to be holy just like He is holy. I think this is First Peter 1, <clears throat> 16 as well, uh, that we live our life differently because we worship a different God. Our God is not like the gods around us. And I think the more you study, um, <clears throat> particularly the God of the Bible, if you dive deeper into who He is, you understand that we need to live differently as well. Um, in our day and age, there's even hearing all these woke churches when they're talking about how they're leaving proudly or, or leaving loudly, whatever you call it. Um, they're essentially saying that the way that they respond is like the world. You know, the way that they protest against the church, like when, the way that they attack the church is exactly the way the world will attack the church. Uh, there's no forgiveness. You know, they, <coughs> a lot of these people that leave these, <coughs> these churches, uh, they, they do so um, because they don't want to forgive uh, sins of other people or there's like, or what they say, it's enough. There's a limit to how much they forgive. And that's different from what, that's exactly how the world reacts, but that should be, that's not how the Bible tells us. We're supposed to keep forgiving, we're supposed to keep loving, we're supposed to live differently from the world. So as Christians, when we think about the holiness of God, I think part of the reason why we aren't holy is because we don't think that our God is holy. Therefore, we live like the world because we have no, we have a very low view of who God is and his standard of holiness. And therefore, for us, not really compromises, but we're just living in sin deliberately. And I, and I trust and I hope that if this is you, that you will repent of that. That when you study scripture and you just read anything about, you know, what the, the commands and the imperatives of scripture, that it will make you convicted and ask God for grace to be able to live up to his standard, to his holy standard. That's it for chapter 19, that we have to remember that God, because of his holiness, that we need mediation and that we're separated from him and that we're condemned. And when we understand his holiness and how what Christ has done to, to solve all of these problems, uh, that should make us live a different life because we do worship a God that is unique and different. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Take care and have a good day.